Welcome to My on Mondays, an explorative approach to the possessive my through narratives, art, and sound. Each Monday brings a new creation and unique perspective. My on Mondays is brought to you by Ming Studios, a contemporary art space and international artist residency program dedicated to the exhibition, experience, and exploration of arts and culture. Along with exhibiting artists from around the world, Ming also serves the community by hosting innovative programs including performances, workshops, screenings, readings, artist talks, and other cultural activities. For more information or if you'd like to participate in My on Mondays, you can visit our website at mingstudios.org. Hello and welcome to the 51st episode of My on Mondays. Today's piece is the beginning of a three-part series titled My Centuries, created by Heidi Cray. A playwright and writer across disciplines, Heidi's work examines the connection between brain and body, seeking empathy with fractured characters. Her work pulls myth, metaphor, and monsters together to attempt connections across difference. Her plays, including Unwind, Hindsight is 2020, See in the Dark, How to Hide Your Monster, New Eden, Me and My Shadow, Kilgore, as well as co-devised plays, plays for young audiences, one-acts, and short plays, have been presented nationally and internationally. She's also a regular contributor to Ming Studios programming. You can find her piece, My Dirty Fingernails, as episode 11 in our archives. Stay tuned for parts two and three of Heidi's Century series coming the first Mondays of October and November. Today's piece is titled My Secret Bedrooms. What the heck is a century? One hundred years, one hundred thoughts, one hundred images. In his century essay, Advent Manifesto, Does My Soul Still Sing?, John Paul Lederach notes that the Desert Fathers and other ascetics wrote down their thoughts in this numbered way, in a contemplative approach, like prayer on paper. That means this form may be as old as the 3rd century AD, perhaps older. Each idea is broken up by numbers, 1 to 100. Every new thought, new idea, new image gets a new number. The ideas, thoughts, images can connect, but that's not necessary. I've always loved lists. The century can be a way to explore what we remember and notice about our lives, but also what's going on in China, in the Ukraine, Antarctica, in the early 21st century, as well as the 19th century, 12th century, when the universe was starting to form, or the Earth, into the far-off or not-so-far-off future when the Earth is no longer inhabitable. The following is from my book in progress, 12 Lifetimes, A Century Cycle. Thanks for listening. My Secret Bedrooms 1. The Planned Parenthood Form asked, How many partners in the last year? I couldn't count that high. Two, I undershot to get something on paper. I gagged at the number. Three, cauliflower between my legs. Four, 
I used plan B like birth control. Five. At the ATM, I watched him in the car. I pulled money from his bank for the morning after pill. Six. I felt like a hooker paid for sex for the pill for the third time that spring. Seven. When I walked into the coffee shop, bar, party, I needed more than both hands to count the men I'd slept with. Eight. I avoided eye contact with each one. Nine. Each night after school, after work, I stayed on the bar stool, waiting for whomever I'd go home with at their close. Ten. Most nights, I walked bar to bar, coffee shop to coffee shop, searching with lonely, hungry eyes into glass panes. Eleven. Fifteen years later, they burnt precancerous cells off my cervix. I smelled the smoke. Twelve. I wanted to escape my body into another's. Thirteen. I only wanted to be wanted, my one prerequisite. Fourteen. When do we learn to say no? Fifteen. Looking at the twenty-year-old's curled head of hair, I didn't know what he was doing to my sixteen-year-old body below the waist under the covers. I hadn't been in school for that lesson. My upper half went numb. Sixteen. The old actor called himself my way station. Seventeen. He cried in his bedroom as I tried to sleep on the couch. I picked myself up, agreeing to join him, sleep with him. Eighteen. That was my first sex since my high school boyfriend, the one who pushed me before I was ready. Nineteen. My first time wasn't rape, but it was. Twenty. Arch your back, he instructed. When I stared at him, he pushed me into position, his high school bedroom, his parents upstairs, him fully clothed, me fully undone. Twenty-one. Every time he pushed himself in, I wanted to scream. Twenty-two. Where is the line between consent and assault? Twenty-three. I waited three years for sex again, this time manipulated by the middle-aged actor, crying in the guest bedroom where he was hosted that summer, coaxed by his tears when I just wanted to sleep. Twenty-four. He coaxed me that way for years, not always by crying. Twenty-five. Said with pride once, I turned you on to sex. Twenty-six. Said about me that first night, you shine me on. Twenty-seven. Another beloved actor, this man older than my father, pinning naked me in his bed, demanding I marry him. Twenty-eight. His third day asking, I relented. The next day he dropped me from his life. Twenty-nine. I convinced myself I loved him, needed him. I cracked apart. Thirty. His son's broken heart when I slept with his aging father in the next room when he recognized my voice. Thirty-one. I never knew he had a crush on me. Thirty-two. In the Kilgore, Texas park. I didn't know who I was with, how we met, how many drinks and me, where we were, how we got there. Thirty-three. His fat middle-aged hands on my college-aged waist in the jungle gym. My sudden terror at him, at me. Thirty-four. Naked in bed with him, I know he's dying. 
I don't know if it's contagious. I don't know his disease. I don't ask. 35, the magician, new in town. 36, the hotel chain manager, eyes glimmering with success plans like a seduction song. 37, the traveling salesman, twice, in the same hotel. I rolled my eyes under the weight of cliché. 38, the weekly owner-editor, his toddling kids in the next room. 39, the bartender who said the next morning, I never do this, do you? 40, by the judgment on his face, I took too long to answer. 41, the traditional Sanskrit drama performer who ripped my pants through the seat in excitement before his flight to India. I wore his pants home the next day. 42, the lanky creep, hollow eyes, apartment squalor. I felt the danger of his longing touch and never went back. 43, the baker who played me a song written about my sister. 44, the grocery clerk, eyes bright in my gaze. We're doing this. 45, the stalker who made me an origami queen of hearts box and fell in love too fast, too hard. 46, the actor in his Texas Shakespeare Festival dorm, and it felt like rape. I remember thinking that, but I didn't stop him. 47, the good-natured drunk in the cable-knit sweater, a different cheap motel room both times. 48, the lover of all things antique and historic, taxidermy in his frigid bedroom under a mass of quilts. I looked up at the stuffed birds and heads, thinking of Norman Bates. 49, the slimy Micron employee, face like Schmeagel. 50, the AA regular, the car mechanic. I really started to love him. 51, the number of friendships I lost when I slept them away. 52, the comic with his hands all needy, grasping long, needly fingers. 53, his friend, the actor, hands full of force. 54, once the needy one cried in my apartment, living room, stinking of cat piss, while the one with forceful hands pushed me drunk to the bedroom. 55, I wanted to tell the needy one, wailing in my roommate's chair, I'm not enjoying this either. 56, I hated the way the fat actor felt on top of me when he squeezed himself between my chest to let his insides out. I understood what violated meant, but said nothing. 57, once the crying one held me naked in his clawfoot tub, his scratchy beard on my neck, both of us reaching for tobacco. He was happy at that moment. I felt awkward, his bony ribs behind me. 58, he'd loved me for years and I knew it ever since I took him to my high school boyfriend's house whose family was with him on a college tour weekend while I was house-sitting. 59, I said nothing of my relationship. We watched Reality Bites. 60, 
He chased me down when I got high and went berserk, running with a kitchen knife in hand down the dark street away from the party. 61. I left for the treatment center without sending him word. 62. He acted pissed when I got back, like I abandoned him. I thought, hey, I was the one locked away for months. 63. My roommate got me high. Pot overpowers my brain like others on coke, acid, or stronger. 64. I let him take me to bed after I screamed with delight at the lights in the street and four directions going on to eternity, though I resisted his advances before. 65. He said I took his virginity, but I never wanted sex with him or his hands, arms, flooding me on the downstairs couch. 66. The balding door guy who sat reading on the stool while he worked, who told me he loved me after one night and scared me off. 67. The other door guy who told me he was getting back with his kid's mom that night. 68. I later worked with his kid on a major production. How could I say, I know your father? I didn't. 69. The other door guy with a kid, also balding, who regulars knew as the reader. He kept asking me what I wanted in life on a walk to his apartment. I kept saying, I want to be a playwright. He kept repeating his question, never satisfied. I never found out what he was trying to get out of me. 70. The other door guy, full head of hair, who said he saw a better future for me outside the bar. He didn't see one of the long-time, forever, eternal regulars in me. 71. The English major who stood me up on our first date after our one-night stand. 72. I got out of working a show at the theater in order to meet him. 73. I told myself I must have scared him off by sending him a couple of my plays after that first meeting when he showed nominal interest, but we shared more nights later on. 74. The intellectual in his coat, dripping with cat hair, who said, You are the most interesting person here. 75. I asked about his girlfriend, the one sitting with us moments before, who left our dim-lit booth when she saw her friends. 76. She's the bane of my existence. 77. The long-haired, scared-eyed one, younger than me, who grabbed me with desperation, more lost than me at that moment, something I wasn't used to seeing. 78. The long-haired, dreaded one, whose hands treated me with love. 79. The farmer who still sells us vegetables. 80. The translator who knows nine languages, probably more by now. 81. The military vet who no longer had to work because of disability. 82. The ones who kept exclaiming, where did you come from? 83. All the ones enamored who flip-flopped the next day while I tried on dreams in the bathroom mirror. 84. Maybe they're thinking of me. Maybe they'll call. 85. The one who died who shared my birthday. I wanted something real with him. 86. The other one who died, who I stopped talking to and found years later it was suicide. 87. The ones I forgot in a blur and then, oh God, in slow recall, flashes many years later. 
88. The ones I can't remember when I was too far gone. 89. Many of them I see from time to time. We never mention those nights. We act like nothing happened. 90. Sex became another slow form of suicide, like cutting, burning, starving, binging, purging, smoking, drinking. 91. They all have a piece of me. 92. They all left their pieces in me. 93. Maybe I still have pieces of them, each of them. Maybe they feel pieces of me in their bodies. 94. I still feel their hands on me. 95. One highlight of the big abuser. After him, no more one-night stands. 96. I thought he was a way out of that constant revolving door, like I thought they all were a way out of me. 97. I never made a deal with myself. By then, I was just too disgusted with where I let my impulses take me. 98. One key difference. I let myself indulge in secret sex with you. 99. Though I knew you weren't committed to me, in my fantasized future image of us, I kept myself from transgressing into nightly sex with anyone, everyone else, ever, until I lost faith. Then I moved on. 100. But never back to the revolving door. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back next Monday. Tune in.